Hello, folks. Welcome to the Whoop Podcast. I am your host, Will Ahmed, the founder and CEO of Whoop. And we are on a mission to unlock human performance. So at Whoop, we build technology to measure strain and recovery and sleep. You can check out the Whoop membership at whoop.com. And you can use the code Will Ahmed, W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, for 15% off your Whoop membership. And we are happy to announce a product drop. We have partnered with Roan for men and Alala for women uh, to have awesome new Whoop apparel. So you can check that out at whoop.com to see all the new gear. And for today, I am joined by Roan co-founder and CEO, Nate Chekets. And we talk about his high-performance apparel brand, the journey to building a successful, mind you, a very successful apparel business, what it was like to be an entrepreneur, and a lot of the inspiration behind Roan. He also goes deep on describing each of the different garments. So those of you who are into uh, fabric technology, I think you'll find it quite interesting. And uh, it's a preview of some of the stuff that we've created with Roan. We talk a little bit about our relationship with former NBA commissioner David Stern. May he rest in peace. And we also talk about Nate's Whoop data and how he's used the product to optimize his performance as an entrepreneur. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Without further ado, here is Nate. Nate, welcome to the Whoop Podcast. Thanks, brother. I'm excited to be on. Well, congratulations on everything that you've built with Roan and uh, your whole career. Was it always obvious to you that you were going to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in many ways, it felt like I didn't really have a choice about it. Uh, you know, for better or for worse, I was, I was, I didn't know it was called being an entrepreneur when I was younger, but I was always like selling something, hawking something to uh, <laughs> friends at school. I started, um, me and my brothers always had a, like a lemonade stand growing up. We accidentally were selling lemonade at the end of our street and, and started selling it to a wedding, what we thought was a wedding and ended up being a wake for uh, this woman's husband at the end of the street. So we got in big trouble for that. It's a good I was learning a, experience. Yeah, exactly. I was just always, I was always like interested in building and, and making things and, uh, and selling them. And so. Um, yeah, it, it felt less like a choice than anything else. Well, I know the, I know the feeling. What for you led to starting Roan? I was working at the NFL at the time and, uh, I had done, I had done a startup prior to that where I was, you know, we had built this mobile software company that we ended up selling all the IP to the 49ers for. And you know this, like when you're an entrepreneur, it's like riding a roller coaster, right? So you almost become ruined from like a corporate standpoint. So going to work at the NFL, I was thinking this is going to be the greatest thing ever, you know, great job. But the pace of it is just, you know, it's just slow. And any corporate job is because there's levels of bureaucracy and things that need to be approved. And, you know, in an entrepreneurial environment, a startup environment, things are like, you know, you're totally. just every day's changing. There's so much. And so I, I compare it to like, if you like riding on roller coasters and then next thing you know, the only rides you can go on are like the kiddie section. Yeah, they're safer. They're less risky. And for some people, they really like that. But if you're a roller coaster guy, like you're not going to be happy. 
And, uh, and even at the NFL, I felt a lot of guilt not being happy there, but I just wasn't. And, um, and the idea for Roan came from my brother-in-law. He just, you know, we were looking at the retail landscape and we felt like it was changing so much. And this was a really interesting category. And uh, I knew I wanted to do something in that vein again. So I, I kind of jumped at it. Now describe the time period when you were making that transition and like talk a little bit about what you identified in the market. So this was 2012, 2013. And there were a couple of kind of macro trends that were, were driving our thought process. You know, the, the first was that there was this huge push into this direct-to-consumer um, retail climate. You know, you had early players like Warby Parker and Bonobos who, who were disrupting entire industries by selling directly to consumer. You know, their main point of distribution was, um, was through their website. So that was one thing. And then the other thing that was happening on in kind of the performance side or in the active side is you had this aggregation. We, we kind of mapped it out and we saw according to two key points like price point and uh, gender mix, you had two clusters, all the clusters, you know, the clusters that we had grown up with these wholesale driven businesses. I don't want to call any brand out specifically, but it's all the brands that we grew up with, you know, the big box brands. And they're all within plus or minus of 5% of each other in terms of their price or in terms of their gender mix. And then you had kind of this new cluster of brands that were less than 15% of their sales were to men. So 85 plus percent to women. And, uh, and they were selling at a 40% price premium to, to Nike at an index level. And then what would be an example of brands like that? You know, so Lululemon was kind of like the big one there, right? The obvious and, one, right? But there was 200 female-focused brands in that category. And so then you look and say, okay, well, let's look at the, the premium model on the men's side, 85-plus percent focused on men's at a price premium to, you know, the big players that we've grown up with. And there was no one. We couldn't find, we couldn't find a single brand that fit that. And whenever you see those white spaces, you start to ask yourself, like, Okay, there either there must be a reason why somebody's not doing this, or this is clearly a white space and an opportunity. And and uh, and we felt like there were you know because of these macro trends, also the casualization um, of uh, of American uh, workers and the overall interest in wellness, health and wellness. So kind of taking this performance aspect and broadening it just outside of when you're training or running. All these macro trends were kind of saying there's an opportunity here. Well, good for you. I mean, I uh, I think we met, what was it, maybe 2014 or 15, and you guys were yeah. showing me some of the early material for the Roan brand. And I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, there isn't a lot out there that's targeting me as a guy who wants to wear high-performance clothing. And I just felt like you guys had a different point of view on the market. And and by the way, really premium apparel, which is, of course, why Whoop and Roan are, are doing this partnership together, which we'll come back to. Yeah. I remember you saying it early on, and by the way, I've I've used Whoop as a tracker in many ways, and I just think like it's such a good product, man. Relative to what else is out there, I sometimes get wearable overload, so I just take stuff off. But I I have I have my Whoop, and I, I wear it all the time. The charging is the most like game changing part about it, like the wireless charging, like that is just so cool. That's like. I, as soon as I was wearing it, I'm like, this is the coolest thing. I've never seen anything like this. Slide that charger on. So awesome. Oh, thanks, brother. It's been fun to kind of grow these businesses um, side by side and, 
you know, share kind of insights with each other through the years and check in and, you know, I've been a big fan of what you've been doing. And I know we also shared a, a great love for and had an investor in David Stern who passed. And, yeah, um, man. May he rest in peace. He was great. Oh, loved that guy. And, David Stern, uh, so good. He was one of the first one of the first angel checks that we were able to get. And uh, he, he came to like three or four of our events that were not like crazy big events, but the guy showed up. It amazed me the degree to which he showed up, you know, and would respond to us as young entrepreneurs, like who looked for mentorship and, and guidance. And, you know, here was this guy who by all metrics really uh, stood out as an incredible business leader and magnet. And for him to give that much time, I think to me and you and, and others just speaks to who he was. I don't think people appreciate just what he did for for sports in general. Like for my for my money, there's not ever going to be a better commissioner. I mean, the state when he got the league um, and really took it over, what he did with that league is what made basketball basketball and um, turned it really into a global sport. Um, there's just and and but he is such a present guy. I mean, he, he can be an intense guy. Definitely, um, but he he is just like he's so well read too like i i remember having conversations with him and he like you know even at 70 plus like the guy was so dialed in well read and so his passing was uh was tragic somebody i really admired yeah well i'm glad we got to touch on that you were saying uh you know when we met so around that that time frame 2014-15 yeah yeah i just remember kind of being so blown away with uh what you know, where your mindset was from a wearable standpoint, because I was just coming off, um, you know, working at the NFL, I was part of the team that worked on the next gen stats project. And, you know, for those that don't know, the next gen stats is where we were effectively putting wearables on player shoulder pads and tracking everything from, you know, impact to uh, acceleration to, you know, kind of watching the formation take place. And so we, we, we talked to every single track trackable wearable out there in the market. Um, we were going out and putting them on various shoulder pads and how do you bifurcate the data? You know, that here's the data that you want to be consumer available. And here's the data that's related to health and safety that you, you know, you don't necessarily want to be digestible. So I just had a natural fascination with wearables in general. Um, and I'm also type one diabetic. So, you know, I have an insulin pump on my arm at all times. I have, I have a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, you know, um, and so I have I have a real interest in kind of how wearables can impact overall health and wellness and really tell you a lot about yourself. And so we were sharing what we were doing on the fabric and the technology side. And it was like, hey, let's, you know, what would a whoop, what would a whoop tracker look like with, a, you know, with a Roan Gold Fusion band? And, and it's been fun to kind of see that come to life more over the last little bit. Yeah, no, it seems like we kind of both went our separate ways for about five years and actually turned our <laughs> ideas into businesses. And right. uh, and now we get to circle back. So it's exciting, obviously, that we're coming out with uh, Whoop branded Roan shirts. And uh, and again, like, you know, there were a bunch of different brands who wanted to do this with us, but we really felt like you guys had had sort of the highest quality material and apparel for our male audience. Talk a little bit about um, that material and what makes it, I, I feel like the best way I can describe it is it feels so breathable when I'm exercising. 
and I'm actually wearing a Roan t-shirt as we do this. So I'm a, I'm a big believer. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, I think that, I think really what the opportunity was is that the majority of active, the distribution is through, you know, these wholesale environments, right? And so that just limits to what you can do from a fabric investment standpoint. When people see our prices and we, you know, we run at a premium price to the mass retailers, I think it's very accessible, but it's because we invest in fabrics. It's not because our, our margins are off the charts. It's, we've always said, if we're not the best in the category we're playing in, then we shouldn't even be playing in that category. We just launched a um, $118 Italian dress shirt last year that I think is like such a game changer. If you you know, if you ever have to wear dress shirts, this will ruin wearing dress shirts for you because it's, but it's really all in the fabric. And so we work with these highly innovative mills um, and they do smaller production runs, but they, it costs more. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's like, I always tell people it costs more because it costs more. And, um, and then we also pioneered this uh, fabric technology called Gold Fusion which uses gold and silver um, particles that get infused into the fabric to fight odor and bacteria. Um, it actually improves the dry time and uh, is, was started as an agricultural crop disease fighter. So it's, um, it's not bad for the environment like every other antibacterial treatment on the planet. Um, you can actually drink the solution so there's there's just a lot of really cool stuff well, on the fabric. Let's spend more it. time on that specific because I remember that was the thing that we talked about like five years ago was this very unique fabric. How the hell did you identify that? Well, we started, you know, when we started, we were like, look, what do you guys need? Like, what are the what are the attributes that they're interested in? Anti-odor was a big part of it. And and there were a couple brands out there using silver thread technology and essentially the way this works is the silver gets melted down and it gets extruded meaning it gets pulled into a yarn and that yarn will either be like a polyester um, coated yarn or a nylon coated yarn and then that gets used in the building of the fabric and and that was a huge advancement over how most antibacterial treatments were being done which are kind of these misted sprays that are like pesticides and last for 15 to 20 washes, the silver thread was lasting 50 washes. So we were like, great, this is the best thing that's out there. We, we went out there, we called it Silver Tech. We started using this. We weren't the only company to be using, um, you know, this kind of silver yarn. You see it, it, you know, it really comes from one or two main companies, but you see it all over the market now. And then as we launched with it, we started getting hit by all these different companies that were doing interesting things. One of them was this company that I, an investor connected us to that had developed this antibacterial solution for uh, fighting crop disease. And they said, we've, you know, we haven't really tried this in textiles yet. We've tried it in toothpaste. We've tried it in, you know, all, all um, in cleaning supplies. Um, but, you know, we'd love to kind of test it with you in textiles. And we said, yeah, let's do it. So we went and it was a, an applied um, physicist and, and a PhD chemist that had developed the solution. And we were blown away with the results, the safety and um, efficacy of it, you know, at a hundred washes, still 99% effective. Um, so like nothing on the market was coming close to it. And we decided, 
okay, if we're going to do this, we want to have an exclusive on. And so we negotiated with the company to, to effectively pioneer the textile side of it. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. Well, it's so interesting also just hearing the entrepreneurial side of that, like, you know, asking for the exclusive and, and making a big bet there. And, and, uh, and look, it's turned out to be right. So the rain tee and the long sleeve, uh, these are the ones that are odor control. Uh, they're quick dry. Am I describing these properly? Yeah. I mean, the rain is like, the way I describe it is it's almost like that heritage college tee that, you know, that you love that has your you know college name across the chest. So it feels like that um, from a comfort standpoint, but it's, it's, uh, it's lighter. And then it has all of the technical properties that these synthetics have plus. So it, I mean, you, you put it on, it's just, it's really, I think the most comfortable shirt in the market, but it really also performs well. So quick, quicker dry time. Um, you know, people, people don't understand what wicking is. Wicking isn't just about the shirt staying dry. It's about removing moisture from the body and sending it out. So it'll actually pull the moisture away from your body. So if you're a heavy sweater, the shirt will get wet quickly and then wick it out, which, um, which it does faster than almost any shirt in its class. I've experienced that. So we're coming out together with rain tech tees. So you'll be able to buy those at whoop.com. We're also coming out with element tees. So how is that different? Yep. So the element tee is a Pima cotton. Some people really prefer cotton over a synthetic. And that's that uses long staple Pima cotton from Peru, which is really the best place in the world to get long, long staple Pima cotton. And uh, is more of kind of your everyday shirt. Certainly, you could work out in it. It's um, that has the silver thread built into it, uh, whereas the rain is uses uh, cold fusion. Got it. Got it. And which is better for exercise? It sounds like the rain's better the rain for exercise. Is, yep, the rain element's is, yeah. better for daily wear. Yep. So the the element we do, it's like an it's like an everyday tea, almost an essential tea. You it comes in a crew and a V. You know, depending on what you what you prefer. Okay, so we've got both of those together. Super pumped about that. Uh, talk a little bit about the Heritage French Terry Full Sip. <laughs> this is uh, this is like the perfect piece for right now. You know, I don't like know about home you, loungewear. Yeah, I'm in yeah. sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I'm living in I'm living in sweats right now. I think most people are. I was joking with my wife. I was like, I think we need. I need to do the laundry. I've I've run out of sweatpants officially. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, the heritage, uh, collection is really about that kind of classic sweat pant and zip up hoodie feel with all the technical properties that we, we bring to it. You know, that's part of what we want to bring is like real classic, um, look and feel like deeply, deeply comfort based, but with all these technical properties overlaid. And I remember you and I had this conversation about whoop like how come there's no how come there's no face to it like how come you can't see you know the digital um piece and like we share this we share this viewpoint that real technology doesn't pull you away from the environment it like it enhances the environment it keeps your head up in the environment and uh like whoop won't distract you while you're working out it's you just know it's there you know it's tracking you know it's doing its job versus like I think so much technology pulls you away from the environment versus making you kind of lean in and feel it. And that's what I think about 
fabric technology, I don't ever want to see a t-shirt with a wearable really built into it. Cause I don't think it's going to do a better job than a wrist-based wearable. And like, who wants to be, then you have to change your entire wardrobe to like switch it out. And you know, it agree, just doesn't yeah. even make sense to me. Um, and most of those that have started, most of those companies that have started in that vein have, have failed. And again, it's like, you're not solving, yeah, you're not solving, you're not solving anything for me. We, is, I'm not kidding. Like on a monthly basis, somebody will reach out and be like, Hey, have you ever thought about putting trackers in your clothing? I'm like, yes. And I have decided <laughs> that is a terrible idea. I think that's a philosophy you and I share. Yeah. I think we both design technology to improve your life, not invade it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a big theme for whoop. So, uh, so I love the look of this, uh, heritage French Terry. Well, let's see, we've got courtside quarter zips that we're doing together. You know, the reason why we call it the courtside is like, it's almost like a little bit retro basketball. Um, it's this ultra soft mesh that we developed. And um, even, even my father-in-law, who, uh, who just got back from doing two years humanitarian work in, in the Philippines, he came back and just like basically updated his entire wardrobe. And he, I think he's called me like three or four times. He's like, Nate, what is this courtside made out of? Um, it's just this super, super soft mesh and, uh, it's awesome. It's really, really comfortable. And that's a long sleeve, right? Yeah. It's a long sleeve, uh, zip up. So you've got, you know, they call it a a quarter zip, but it, you know, like kind of starts from the sternum up to your neck as a zipper. Yeah. It looks awesome. Uh, okay. And now let's talk about the guru pant. Yeah. So the guru relevant for right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lighter weight pant. You know, it's kind of more of a travel pant than anything else. Like, um, you know, you wear this hiking and kind of out. You can definitely wear it running, very tapered. So, like, tapers down to the ankle nicely. Um, and the whole thing is perforated, which means that there's, like, small perforations throughout the fabric. So, it just breathes really, really well. And the more you move in it, the more you stretch in it, the kind of the, the better air perforation you get. I feel like you're challenging me on my product knowledge right now and seeing how I'm seeing how I'm doing, seeing if I can make it through. Well, I've got a great, I've got a great, uh, you know, little product deck in front of me of, of sweet looking Roan whoop branded, uh, gear. So you're making the pitch for why people should choose these different things. Okay. Seven inch, uh, short. We make our training shorts to be kind of like multi-purpose. I, you know, we do have some shorts that are more focused for, running and you know for yoga um, and different modalities but i think the vast majority of people and i'd I'd be interested to know kind of what the whoop data is showing on this is like the vast majority of people want to do a little bit of everything versus kind of just one thing and um you know i i admire athletes that only swim or that only run or but that's not who i am i'm you know maybe it's my add and my personality like Dude, I like to I like to do a little bit of everything. So, our uh, our shorts are made to kind of do that too. It's made out of this um, uh, again an Italian fabric that uh, that I just fell in love with. If my memory serves me correctly, they also have like a little bit of a waterproofing. Is that a yep. fair way to describe it? Like they're yep. breathable, but it feels like water kind of. I don't. I want to say bounces off. It's not like a. It's not like a bathing suit, but there's something about it that's a little bit different than what I've seen in other shorts. Yeah, it's, it's called a warp knit. And the what the warp knit does is it's this, you know, think about a fabric or um, 
that gets fused together. So, so it kind of like layers onto it. And as you move, that's what creates the breathability versus most, most products that are stretchy are like deeply Lycra based or spandex based. But the problem with Lycra or spandex is that air can't permeate through it. It can't, it can't come through the spandex, which means that it heats up really, really fast. So the trick was, how do you take a warp knit, create this kind of level of air permeability while also creating a water resistance, sweat resistance to it, which um, was really, really important. And that's, you know, that's basically what we have. Well, one thing I hope people appreciate in listening to you, Nate, is the degree to which you know all these details about your, about your product and your fabric. And I think it's something that up and coming founders or entrepreneurs maybe don't fully appreciate, which is the depth to which you need to understand these things in, in building a business. So it's really interesting listening to you talk about it. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, I think, I think it's necessary, right? Like I was just talking to somebody. 100%, I think what, 100%. What, I, what I believe in, what I'm excited about is 50, 60 years ago, we all had this kind of main, whatever town you went in, there was like this beautiful main street and there was a baker and a butcher and a cobbler. Maybe I'm going back to, maybe it's, maybe it's more than that, but you know, every window had its own store display and everything else like that. And then mass retail killed Main Street. And what I think has been so cool over the last decade is all of these amazing brands, you know, like a whoop um, and others that have popped up and it's creating a new digital Main Street. And, um, and so for, for people who are, and it's not geography based. So it's like, if I'm, if I'm somebody who's cares about, you know, whoop is such broad applicability, but like, if, <laughs> If I care about my health and wellness and I want to track it and I believe in the quantified self, like that's a perfect way of kind of solving that. And, you know, my hope is that people appreciate that these founder led businesses, we're passionate about our products, man. Like we could talk, it's people get sick of us talking about it because we're so passionate. Well, you have to be too, because it's like, you're going to talk about it about 20,000 times over the a next million years. Times, yeah. No, so no, you no, better, no. you better not get sick of talking about it. Uh, well, super excited to do this collaboration with you. That gear is going to be out. Well, by the time this comes out, the gear is out. <laughs> so you can find that online. Uh, you guys have a bunch of other cool pieces that we didn't collaborate on. So people should check out roan.com for those. Um, what are, uh, what are some things that you're doing on, on the fitness front or the performance lifestyle front? You run a performance lifestyle brand. Yeah. What are some of your tricks along the way? Well, I've been, uh, I've been doing a lot of our work from home, you know, workout from home workouts. You know, I, I kind of love 20 to 30 minute hit sessions and then I'll do a seven mile run on Saturdays. It's like, it's like almost my reset, just go out and get a nice, uh, nice, beautiful run. And I, I ran the New York City Marathon in November and, um, and I just fell in love with outside running. Like that's, that's my thing. I love, I love to do that. So I kind of, you know, for, for joint longevity purposes, I, I kind of limit it to seven miles and I just go once a week and really do that. And then I'll do some hit classes. We have a treadmill that I'll do uh, some hit classes on. Any tips on the sleep or recovery side? After wearing my uh, whoop and tracking my own sleep, you know, one of the things that's interesting is as somebody that is endocrinology challenged with my uh, diabetes, the impact of eating late is like, I just don't think enough people talk about that. Um, I know you, you probably talk a lot about it, but just in general, I didn't, I didn't appreciate how much of an impact 
late night uh, eating was having on my sleep. And then when I started cutting that out and really like trying to get crazy about it, the early to bed, early to rise is like such a very real thing. The, you know, the hours of sleep I'm finding again, for me, everybody's a little bit different, but like if I can get in bed by 10, which is hard for me, it's just like, you know, just hard for me to do, but that 10 to two is more valuable than if I were to extend those, you know, those hours later on. And so stop eating, stop eating late and going to bed early is like, yeah, that's, which is hard to do in quarantine because it feels like Groundhog's Day. Yeah, that's right. So what for you is too late if you're on a 10 p.m. bedtime? I'd try not to eat after 6.30. Yeah, so you're talking about three and a half hours before bedtime. Yeah, we've, we've seen that in our data where like eating too late can meaningfully, you know, screw up your uh, your sleep and, and your HRV and, and things of that nature. And it's actually one and of the things- digestion. In, yeah, it's one of the things in, in the Whoop Journal now that a lot of people are tracking against. What for you do you envision changing uh, as a business leader in the era of COVID-19 or afterwards? You know, I think what's been impressive is just how well our team has worked through this. And, you know, I, I know that in our case at Roan, like most of us are built to be able to work from home. But, you know, with all the added complexity of, you know, parents being e-learning students and uh, or teachers and you know kind of having to manage their uh, all of the complexity that comes with covid still been pretty highly effective at getting things done and so i was talking to our head of people and just saying like you know th- we need to learn something coming out of this we cannot be going back to the office and just saying you know well that was a great like little learning experience let's just go back to doing exactly what we were doing and so we've talked about how do we, you know, how do we embrace what we've learned in the work from home environment um, without, you know, I think the fear is always that people will abuse it. But I think, I don't know, I, I, it's really opened my mind. It's something that we're tackling right now in very real time to understand how we can, how we can embrace the good part of it and, uh, you know, retain the part of what I love of being in the office together. I mean, that, that I, is what I miss more than anything else right now is being in the office with my colleagues. I, I like genuinely miss them as people. Yeah, I do too. I feel the same way. And I also agree that there are a number of things to look at as positives about, or just positive takeaways from, you know, this work from home experiment, if you will. What for you has stood out as something that's a positive? I've got three kids, three boys, ages 11, eight, and four. And uh, I've always loved being a dad, but you know, like, I think this has been a really special time with the kids and, uh, and just, you know, just getting to spend, like we have three meals a day together. I mean, not every day that, but most of the days we get to eat three meals together a day. And I'm trying hard to protect that because I know that this is a small moment of time that's likely not repeatable, um, to the same kind of, uh, degree. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that, I think just being able to spend time with the people you care the most about, that's like, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a, a really good point. How about from, uh, from the standpoint of the actual mechanics of running the business? What are some things that you feel like are working or not working? I think it's hard to keep people consistently motivated. You know, being on Zoom calls nonstop, I think people's energy and kind of excitement 
like kind of up the ups and downs talk about a roller coaster has been very um has been very prevalent and i think it's also really normal i don't know about you but i've had days where i'm like man i am cranking i am on you know i'm i'm the most productive i've ever been and then i have days where i'm like why can i not get myself going today you know what is it um that is uh that is stopping me and you know certainly some of that is related to sleep and um and other pieces but i think it's also just mentally and staring you know staring at zoom calls all day that part can be draining so it's this balance of keeping people motivated we we do these uh we do these team activities multiple times per week but it's uh but it's hard it's not it's not a perfect solution right now you know one thing i've found through the through that lens that you just described is actually the type of work like you know you you and i both have brands that create physical products and i find that the whole zoom environment from a pure creativity standpoint, I think it is actually pretty weak. I, I find that creative work right now is actually harder to do. Whereas yeah. I find that, you know, work that includes like banging out emails, putting together a, a board deck, whatever, seems sure. super easy, just ripping yeah. through it, you know, yeah. whereas, whereas the, Hey, let's come up with a creative solution here. And you've got people sort of talking over each other on zooms and whatnot. That to me is the piece of it that's harder. And so when I try to think about an environment that, you know, embrace or, you know, a takeaway that embraces this sort of moment um, or a work from home policy, I, I keep thinking about it along these different lines of creative work and, um, I don't know what the other form of work is, but you know, sort of more mechanical. That's a good, yeah, that's a good piece. Like I, I'm not, I just know that it's, that it's not perfect and, you know, trying to be really honest with myself and like being able to identify, okay, now I need to go for a walk outside and, um, and like take these breaks where it's also not being kind of, constrained to these typical work hours not that as entrepreneurs we ever were but like i think it's even widened because we're all just you know we're all just kind of in our own flow i think that's right for someone listening to this who's starting a business what advice do you have for them well i would really challenge yourself to you know to ask if you really do want to start a business it's hard i think people <laughs> underestimate how hard it is um, there's a lot of ups and downs and challenges, uh, from it. So just make sure that you're really committed because the truth is, is the data shows most businesses fail and, um, and you've got to be willing to just push through hard, dark, difficult times. And there's, you know, there's great rewards that can come, uh, if you do, but you know, I, I think it's, it's almost become a little bit of a, I don't know, like in a weird way, nobody, when we were growing up, nobody was like, I aspire to be an entrepreneur. That was like a title for your uncle who didn't have a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now it's become somewhat glamorized to the fact that it's like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be my own boss. And, you know, I just think people need to be very realistic about themselves that there are some really great things that can come, but there, you know, there are some other kind of uh, challenges and not everybody is an entrepreneur and that's okay. It's, um, and, but I would say that if you are committed to doing it, you know, the, the piece of advice I always give is embrace your own ignorance. Don't, don't feel like you have to know everything. Just start moving, start making momentum, start going down the path versus analyzing and, and, you know, like 
trying to get your business cards right or what's the right name of the business. Like just start making progress and you'll figure the rest out on, on the way. Momentum is a really important, um, it's a really important feedback loop too, as well in building a business. Cause like as things go wrong, you need things that kind of keep that dopamine hit moving you forwards. Yeah, totally. I like the, I like the way you put that. Well, look, man, this has been really fun. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, where can people find more about you or about Roan? Well, Roan's just R-H-O-N-E.com. And uh, I'm not super active on any social platform, but Instagram is probably the most, you know, most active and it's just Nate Check It. So it's the best spot. All right. Well, we'll include those in the show notes. And uh, again, you know, thrilled to do this partnership with Roan and, and put out some Thanks, apparel man. together in the world. and look forward to doing more things with you and the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Nate for coming on. Amazing brand he's built with Roan. Check out the new Whoop Roan gear and the new Whoop Alala gear. Uh, you can follow us on social at Whoop at Will Ahmed. You can get 15% off a Whoop membership with the code Will Ahmed. That's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D. Thank you all for listening. Stay green, stay healthy.